Week two, day number nine, across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, Football 24-7, with NFL insider Johnny Mack, John McMullen, joining us by phone today uh, on this Saturday, uh, so we can bring you this day nine recap, uh, Johnny McMullen, uh, everything you may not want to know uh, about Eagles camp is how I will lead you into uh, your opening thoughts from practice. You already put them out on social media. Happy birthday, Jalen Hurts. Congratulations. You're now the backup quarterback. We don't know to who. <laughs> we don't know to who, uh, but Jalen did not have a great day. And this is the end of week number two. How are you, Johnny Mack? <laughs> Uh, I'm doing well. You're right, Krause. This was not a good practice. And how, how do you frame it? I, I don't know. I, I've been covering training camps over 20 years. This is one of the worst offensive practices I've ever seen in my life. That's how bad it was. Um, now, there's some context to that. Eagles made a, a number of shifts on the offensive line. They Wanted to look at Jack Driscoll at guard. They wanted to look at Suo Peta. Andre Dillard continues to struggle. Remember, Brandon Brooks, Isaac Sayamalu aren't out there. Um, the receivers, we know Devontae Smith is out there. They had a really bad day. So it was kind of a perfect storm. Uh, and it was it was bad. There's no other way to, to frame it. Um Hopefully it's just one day and hopefully they correct some things and get back to it tomorrow at Lincoln financial field, by the way. Um, and they gotta be better because it's tough to be worse. Uh, but yeah, it was Jalen Hurts' birthday. And I joked the defense got him a lot of PBUs because at one point they, they knocked down five. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Uh, five consecutive uh, pass breakups. Look, Maybe this defense is the 85 Chicago Bears. I don't think it is, uh, but they're making them look like the 85 Chicago Bears. You know, it's interesting, John, prior to coming on with our with your day nine report from camp and your full recap, I was listening back to the day eight recap, uh, recap uh, which was Thursday, we talked on Thursday about the final install uh, of the offense, uh, whatever that means, uh, you know, or, or, or what should it mean? Um, and once that's done, what takes place next? Is today the first example, you know, of what the offense is supposed to look like going forward? If it is, sounds like we're in trouble. Um, well, no, this is definitely not what the offense is supposed to look like. I, I think everybody understands that. Now, remember, I, that's why I put it in the context. I mean, if, if Brandon Brooks is out there, if Isaac Samalo's out there, if Devontae Smith is out there, uh, you're going to look a lot better. Um, I, I think it was a uh, confluence of a number of things. One, you know, I don't know. Why did they wake up this morning and say, hey, let's take a look at Jack Driscoll at right guard and Sue Opeta at left guard? I mean, they didn't even have Nate Herbig out there, who's uh, been running with the first team pretty consistently, has played pretty well uh, in place of Isaac Sayamalo as he's on the sidelines. So, in essence, they're, they were using their third team left guard. Uh, they were using their third team right guard. I don't know. 
Nick Sirianni talks about competition, talks about wanting to look at everybody. And when you do that, things can get a little bit ugly. They got a little bit ugly today. Uh, no question about it. Uh, you know, I'm more concerned. We've been talking about Josh Sweat all camp. I mean, the worst play of the game was, again, Josh Sweat uh, making a big pass rush and Jalen Hurts flushing to his right. Uh, and I, I happened to be right on the sideline. He was coming toward. And I saw Eric Wilson just baiting Jalen Hurts, baiting a, a rookie quarterback to throw the football. He threw it, easy interception. Those, those kinds of plays are concerning because you have a veteran player taking advantage of a young quarterback. Uh, look, it's a work in progress. Anybody who thought it was going to be all peaches and cream is being a, a little bit unrealistic. At what point, Johnny Mac, do we get at least to taste the peach a little bit? We're we're nine days in. We're two weeks in. Um, I don't necessarily know if how much of a big deal it is or it isn't. You certainly do. At some point, the gentleman who's taking every snap with the first team offense has to show progress. Or the brain trust has to be sitting there saying, uh-oh, this is as good as it's going to be. We better we better accelerate. We better find somebody else to go in. Is that even what's happening or what's taking place right now? Yeah, I mean, well, we all joked. The first joke was that how we would go inside and call up the Houston Texans after watching this practice. Um uh, I don't know if that were the case. I mean, he might want to call the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, to talk about James Washington. You know, as they get ready to come in here, he's requested a trade, a, a, a young wide receiver who, you know, has shown some production at, at times and certainly would be an upgrade. Uh, I mean, yeah, right now you have a young quarterback who lacks experience and a group of playmakers who can't make plays outside of the tight ends, really. Uh, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, uh, and, and, you know, to a certain extent, Miles Sanders as well. Um, it should improve when the offensive line improves, when Devontae Smith gets back. But, uh, I, I mean, there's, there's a very limited ceiling, it looks like, with this offense right now. And you, you got to remember, I mean, Jonathan Gannon, Looks like, you know, the, the second coming uh, of whatever great defensive mind you want to talk about. I mean, he's, if you want to be positive, focus on that side of the ball. Because I, I thought none of us saw this coming for this defense. And right now this defense looks like a bunch of world beaters. John, up until you just mentioned his name, his name being Miles Sanders, uh, on this your ninth report from training camp, you only mentioned him in one other report, uh, and that had to do with him working, uh, I believe, before practice with the jugs machine and then having trouble fielding a pass or holding on to a football. Miles Sanders is, is, is a name we should be talking about or hearing about a lot more. Shouldn't we? 
Well, I, I think you don't because Miles is one of those players you kind of know is going to be a bit of a constant at least. Yeah, you have some concern about the pass catching part of it, but I, I think, you know, he's a good player. I, I think some people overrate him. Uh, maybe some Eagles fans think he's in the, you know, the top tier of running backs, the Derrick Henrys of the world, the Christian McCaffrey's, the Dalvin Cooks. He's not in that group, but he's he's a good NFL running back. So, I mean, when you look at all the question marks on this team, in a lot of ways, that's what this season is, uh, is about, all the question marks and how many can you answer. I don't think Miles is that much of a question mark. So, yeah, maybe he takes a little bit of a backseat because there's not a, as much a concern uh, about Miles Sanders as a lot of other players, a lot of other positions. Yeah, but is he, John, doing – is he standing out at practice? Is he making a great catch? Is he accelerating up the sideline? Is he, you know, having fun in the backfield? Is he doing anything that would give you um, some sort of impression that he's out there? Yeah, I mean, well, Miles is, um, you know, remember they have pads on today. This was the third day they've had pads on. You know, running back, I often talk about is that position. doesn't really matter until you put the pads on. Um, so that's part of it. The second part of it would be, yeah, he's dropped a couple of passes. I think that part of it's disappointing because uh, he spent a lot of time uh, working on that aspect of, of of the game. And on the sidelines, he looks great. He catches everything. He said, you know, coaches on the sideline, I pointed out, throwing bad balls on purpose. He catches everything. And then he gets on the field and maybe he's trying to hurry up a little bit, starting to think about it. Uh, and the ball occasionally hits the ground. But again, if I'm, if I'm telling you, Krause, if you say, give me the top 100 problems with the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm probably not even going to get to Miles Sanders. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thank everybody for tuning in. Remember, every training camp practice ends right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel with John McMullen as he brings you uh, a complete update, a complete report from everything that took place down at the Novacare uh, complex. John, let me, um, instead of asking a question, let me give you an open canvas for a little bit uh, and bring us inside day three uh, of the practice uh, with the pads on. Um, I did want to ask you when we get to the defensive side of the football, I did see a note that Alex Singleton uh, was activated off of the COVID list. So I do want to ask you about that, but wide open, take the, uh, take the canvas. What did you see? Uh, what impressions did you have other than Jalen? Uh, bring us up to speed. Well, from the defensive perspective, I mean, it's all good. Uh, I mean, you know, as I said, there were pass breakup after pass breakup after pass breakup. Um, Josh Sweat, I've talked about, you know, Josh Sweat, I think has been the star of this camp, the best overall football player out there. Um, and that's a big step forward for him. And I think people kind of say, well, 
What about Derek Barnett? Derek Barnett's been almost as dominant. Uh, he's playing well. Um, the defensive front has created havoc throughout this camp. Um, the linebackers have been better than expected. Um, and now Alex Singleton is back, and he and he was in there with the first team at least part of the part of the time with Eric Wilson. That's all positive. Uh, Steve Nelson has been a huge late summer pickup by Howie Roseman. Uh, sort of everything has fallen into place with the secondary, and that should only get better as Rodney McLeod uh, returns, uh, and that'll be closer to week one. That's his his goal. Um, it's it's most of it's positive from the defensive side, but then you start talking to yourself: Is you know is this a chicken and the egg type causality? In other words, is the defense dominating because they're so good, or is the defense dominating because the offense is so bad? And I think we'll get our first look into that. You know, a little bit in the preseason. Obviously, you're not going to see a ton of reps. Um, I, I I do think things will settle down. As it, Remember, so many of the key players are not practicing. Some, you know, the Eagles are being uh, very cautious with Brandon Brooks. Isaac Sayamalo's week to week. Um, you know, Jane, Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson have had their veteran days. Um We've talked about left tackle a lot, Devontae Smith out with the sprained MCL. My point is if if you have those, you know, four offensive linemen and whoever you're going to put at left tackle, whether it's Andre Dillard or Jordan Mailata, um, and you have Devontae Smith at wide receiver and Miles, who we just talked about, and the tight ends, it's going to look a lot better. So part of it is just the attrition, the normal attrition of training camp and guys banged up and having soft tissue injuries and not being out there. But, you know, that's the context. And I tried to put that on social media as well. Uh, and people are going to uh, not understand that context. But you also have to be realistic and say, okay, Yes, all of those are legitimate reasons for why this offense is not performing up to where you would like it to perform. But, you know, great quarterbacks elevate the players they have around them. I haven't seen anything from Jalen Hurts that will stop the Eagles from looking for an upgrade, whether it's uh, immediately or next year. I've seen nothing for them to say, okay, we can think about moving forward with this guy. That's the bad news. Well, when you say it like that, and you're so defined with your statement, what's next? Uh, what's next is where we are. I mean, if you go all the way back to when Jeffrey Lurie fired uh, Doug Peterson, he called this a transition year. So, you know, maybe you don't want to use that term rebuild. I, I don't think you have to use that term rebuild in the NFL. It's not the NBA. Um, there's there's worse to first in, in, in every year in this league. So uh, you don't need this huge reclamation project from a team building standpoint, but yeah, I mean, the Eagles either 
bite the bullet on, on a Deshaun Watson or somebody of that nature, or they bite the bullet on going through a year uh, with Jalen Hurts and then move forward in the draft. But right now, he doesn't look like the long-term answer of this team. Uh, I'm just being honest. John, is there any way for you to somehow use the previous 20-plus training camps that you've covered, evaluated, and worked and compare the first two weeks or the first 10 days of a snapshot and draw some sort of parallel to Doug Peterson's first two weeks, Andy Reid's first two weeks back in 1999. Is there anything, any way to do that? Or is that just a question that can't be answered? Well, I don't think it's fair to go back to say 99 because it was a different setup. Uh, you know, two a days were still invoked. There was a lot more preparation time. Um, I, you know, I think that the fair comparison would be, you know, Doug Peterson's first year uh, rules uh, kind of the same. Um, and, and from that standpoint, look, I, I say it all the time. Defenses are typically ahead of offenses early in training camp. Uh, by this stage, you would hope to see a little bit uh, of evening out, evening out. And I think we did see that uh, in the last you know few days uh, uh before the second day off, you know, day six, day seven, particularly. Um, today was a huge step back, man. I, I, you know, you almost scratch your head and say, what the heck, what the heck happened here? It was that bad. I mean, you said, I, you know, I, I, this is one of the worst offensive practices I've ever seen. Offensive NFL practices I've ever seen. One of the worst. I can't think of one that's worse. That's how bad it was. I thought day one was bad. This made day one look like, you know, Bill Walsh's 49ers. Ooh, maybe. Uh, so that begs the question. Head coach Nick Sirianni, what was he doing today while all of this was unfolding? You know, figuring he's, he's figuring doing, it out, scratching his head, trying to understand it. I mean, when it's happening in real time, it's it's one thing to be able to go back and look at the tape, talk to the talk in the room, and try and figure it out. It's another when you're when this is unfolding. You're the first. You're a first year head coach. You've never coached before. You're nine days into the camp. You're sitting there on the sideline. I'm sure he's seeing the same thing you're seeing. What's he thinking? Yeah, well, that's one thing with coaches and quarterbacks, and that's one thing I, I compliment Jalen Hurts on. You know, he's very even-keeled. You're not going to see the ups, the downs. Uh, same thing with Nick Sirianni. He's very ebullient. I mean, they it's interesting. I just told you how bad this practice was. They closed it on a, on, on a third-down drill where the offense uh, converted a, a simple third down to Jason Huntley. And it was one of those competitive periods when, you know, Nick's grading it. And the offense exploded because they converted 
and evidently won that drill, although Avante Maddox said the defense won. So who knows? But uh, they exploded uh, for converting a – it looked like a third and five or six. Uh, and Huntley made a nice catch out of the backfield. Um, and we're sitting there on the sidelines going, what the heck are they celebrating? And it was just, uh, you know, because it was one of those graded drills that he does, competitive drills, uh, the offense felt they wanted and, and, and got excited. So on the field, he's his, always his same self. And I think that's a good thing. Um, as they get off the field and they watch the tape of this practice, I think the offense is going to, is going to hear about it. Post-practice, John, uh, who was in front of the microphone? Did Jalen speak today? No, Jalen did not speak today. Uh, we got, uh, Michael Clay, who was the special teams coordinator from the, from the coaching uh, spectrum from players. We got Miles, Miles Sanders. We got um, um, Andrew Adams, who's the safety that just came off the COVID list recently, and he did test positive uh, for those interested. He did p- test positive uh, for COVID-19. That's why he was out of practice. Um, he said he had no symptoms whatsoever. Uh, so that part of it is good news. Did say he had a little bit of a stuffy nose, uh, but that's about it. Uh, did he say he was vaccinated? He did not. Uh, judging by the timing, um, it indicates he was not. But again, um, for, what it's, for what it's worth. For what it's worth. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, one thing I always said, I always said about the COVID, nobody asked how these players are because mm-hmm. they all assume they're okay. So I'm the one who asked Andrew. Are you, how you doing? Are you are you sick? And he said he had no symptoms other than that stuff he knows. Um, but nonetheless, uh, he spoke uh, uh, trying to thank Avante Maddox, if I didn't mention him. He spoke, um, and he was very happy uh, because he was part of that defensive side of the ball that had such a, a good day. Uh, and, yeah, it was it – was, it was a beatdown. If this were, if this were a game, you know, this is a forty to three game. That's the type of practice it was. Well, before we end uh, the live broadcast here, week two, day nine, football twenty four seven with NFL insider John McMullen. We will of course get uh, John McMullen's practice game ball. Uh, we'll do that uh, at the very end. Um, John, let's uh, spend just a few more minutes talking about the beatdown uh, on the defensive uh, side of the football. You did say Alex Singleton got reps uh, with the first team. Josh Sweat continues to dominate uh, from the defensive side uh, of the football. What is the unofficial total? Is the unofficial total um, eight to one? defense over offense in terms of through nine days of practice? Well, we've stopped asking Nick Sirianni because he doesn't like it and he doesn't okay. put much import on it. Uh, the unofficial total, I, I tried 
if you remember last week, I tried to give the offense one of the close days. I have two close days. Uh, so my best case would be 7-2 defense. Going by what Nick uh, himself gave uh, the one day to the defense, that would make it 8-1. to one. Uh, And the other day's razor close, so it could be 9 nothing. to be honest. John, where does the when does this start to take shape from knowing what you have? I go back to that one question from one of your reports in the first week where Barrett Brooks referenced knowing what kind of team you have by the fourth game of the season. Do you know what kind of team you have two weeks into training camp or three weeks into training camp? Or is it unrealistic to feel good and and understand where you are? Because i got to be honest. I mean, just listening to your words and listening to your description about what you see, and obviously what you see is incredibly credible, uh, holy shit, I'm like sitting there like, wow, <laughs> like we're in trouble. Yeah, I, well, again, I, and I tried to add that context of who's not on the field. So I think when those guys get back on the field, uh, the Brandon Brooks's, the Isaac Sayamalos, the Devontae Smiths, <clears throat> I think it's going to be a lot better. But, you know, it, it it's tough to say, okay, you know, with such a young quarterback, you're just going to flick the switch. Um, and, you know, it's not, not just me. I encourage people who say I'm too negative or whatever, you know, to look at some other people who, who cover the team. I retweeted uh, Brandon Gowton, who's often on Birds 365, uh, BLG. You know, I think, you know, he said Jalen Hurts is – let me pull it up real quick here. He said, can't say Jalen Hurts has done anything in camp to dissuade the Eagles for looking from looking for a quarterback upgrade. It's not just me. You'll see it all, whoever you like. Mike K, my buddy Mike K from NJ.com, Tim McManus from ESPN. This was bad, people. This was bad. And we're not all sitting there watching practice together. We're looking for different angles. You know, there's three different practice fields. Sometimes you got to go watch the offensive line because you want something. Sometimes you try to watch the receivers, the running back, whatever. We're jetting all around this place. This this is this was bad. This was bad, and there's no, no way to frame it in any other way. How long was practice today, John? Uh, about 90 minutes, right about 90 minutes. And that's been sort of the 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 limit uh, uh, for Nick Sirianni to date. He, he doesn't go past uh, that 90-minute mark. How long are they allowed to go? Uh, two hours. Uh, they, so they could go another half hour. I, I don't think it's the timing. Like, I, I would have got these guys off the field in 75 minutes today. I would have pulled the plug. I would I, I would have chalked it up to, you know, okay, flush it, you know, 
coaches talk all the time when you have bad plays, what do you do? You flush it down. You flush it. You flush it down the toilet. You forget about it. You move on to the next play. If I were the coaches, I, I would throw this film out and, and chalk it up to that just being an outlier and flush it and get on to the next day. Because I, I don't know how much can be uh, gained from looking at this from an offensive perspective, not the defense. If I'm Jonathan Gannon, I might put this film on, on my uh, Hall of Fame of, of film reels. <laughs> Football 24-7 uh, NFL insider John McMullen. Everything uh, you may not want to know or hear about Eagles camp, but you get it all wall-to-wall coverage from uh, Johnny Mack, including at the link tomorrow, open practice. Uh, what do you know about it, John? Uh, will there be... 25,000 fans, or will there be a lot more since they didn't get an opportunity uh, last year uh, to set foot in the stadium? Yeah, I, 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 that's interesting because I, I don't think they're expecting, you know, the first time they did this was, I think, Chip Kelly. They called it flight night, and there were almost 50,000 people there. I think there were 40,000, um, 40,000 plus. Um, and it's gotten a little bit uh, lower pretty much each year, even during the Super Bowl run when they were really good and years after. I, I think people quickly figured out, you know, football practice isn't exciting as they thought it was. And, and by the way, they're only going 90 minutes tomorrow. So if you're thinking about going down, understand you're, you're going to have a short night. Starts what time, uh, starts what time tomorrow, John? Uh, I believe, uh, seven o'clock, I believe seven o'clock. We got to be there earlier. So I, but I believe the practice starts at seven o'clock. All right. Before we wrap everything up, uh, on week two, day nine with John McMullen, uh, let's get your practice game ball, uh, Johnny Mac from, uh, today. Who was it? Uh, I, I, it's got to be Eric Wilson, one of, one of the great savvy plays, uh, just a veteran guy, like I said, baiting a young quarterback. I was right there. I saw exactly what he was trying to do. He did it perfectly. He got the quarterback to, to throw the football instead of eating it or running out of bounds or taking a little bit of a loss, and he was right there for the interception. It was a – you know, that's the thing about Eric Wilson. I don't know if he can hold up against the run. He was really poor uh, trying to stop the run in Minnesota last year, but he's a great, great pass coverage linebacker. Um, and the Eagles have needed that. And he's very fast. He's very athletic. And people, uh, the fans who were there today, got to see a little bit uh, of the strength of his skill set. It's just a brilliant, brilliant play. Well, anybody that was part of our schedule release here on the Jacob Media YouTube network remembers the great Devontae Smith jersey giveaway. Uh, I do have one remaining Devontae Smith jersey to give away. So I thought what I would do, John, uh, is ask all of our viewers and subscribers uh, to keep a running tally of your practice game ball selections and when we get to training camp 
put everybody's name uh, into a hat uh, that can list in order all of your practice game ball selections. I don't, I, don't know how many... know, I don't even know if I could do that, Crowley. Well, the beauty of YouTube, you can <laughs> certainly can go back and watch every That's day true. report uh, and, and do that. And then, so I don't know whether we'll have one name in a hat or we'll have a hundred, uh, but I got a beautiful extra large Devontae Smith jersey. Uh, and I thought it would be a, relative, or a great way to do it um, and put some importance on the Johnny Mac practice game ball uh good stuff today uh johnny mac anything else before i say goodbye miss anything in in your uh coverage did we not talk about anything that you want to push out uh before we get to uh before we move ahead into tomorrow uh i i think you know i i think the best i i will say the best quarterback until the very end was nick mullins the third string quarterback he was not bad today i don't know if that's a good thing then at the very end, he threw a bad interception that went uh, for a pick six. So even he had a bad day. But overall, uh, Nick Mullins uh, did the best. And, you know, by the way, I think, you know, not that I'm trying to push that there's going to be any competition, Krause, because there's not. But I do think it's valuable to have a guy who has played a, a little bit like Nick Mullins on the third team because, a lot of times you have really bad quarterbacks and you don't get much value out of those reps. I think the Eagles get more value out of their third team reps because the quarterback is competent. So I'm stretching that to end on a positive note, but there's, there's a positive note. We'll take it. Football 24 seven with NFL insider, John McMullen. Uh, we'll see John right back here tomorrow night. Monday, Birds 365, Jody Mack and Johnny Mack, Jeff Kerr standing by uh, because week three, the schedule has not been released for next week yet, right? In terms of in terms of when you will yeah, be at Novacare it, it, or not? It's, it's been released, but there's some stuff, there's some COVID testing we have to do that uh, puts a little bit of a wrinkle um, into, into certain things, but that's inside baseball. We'll talk about that off the air. All right. Good stuff from John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Until tomorrow night, I'm Joe Krause. See you tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.